1: Welcome, everybody, back to the PHLY Sixers podcast. I'm Derek Botner, joined by a guy who might be starting at cornerback for the Philadelphia Eagles with the way that game <laughs> shook out. If <laughs> I not, sure he will be not. with us all week here in the PHLY studios. How are you doing, Kyle? Uh, well, first of all, I just want to point out
0: we are in some beautiful we PHLY we locker actually had to merchandise. We were
1: very close to wearing the exact same piece of merch uh, when I left today, but I went back. I grabbed the shirt because we could not be the same. But we did get our gear in over the weekend. If you haven't gotten your gear, go check it out, phlylockery.com. So you can be as cool and stylish as us.
0: Yeah, it turns out the two fashionistas of the the company decided on the black hoodie on the same day. <laughs> yeah. So, Look, you know, I'm not going to lie.
1: This is perfect because on the one hand, I get to be a good company man. I get to promote our gear. And I don't have to worry, like, think about fashion at all. It's perfect. You might see me in PHLY gear every day. Maybe not. Maybe I'll get creative every now and then. But I
0: love it well we already have eric is shocked that we have a table buddy this is not the first time we've been in this studio we do have two studios one of which has a nice table in front of us for a laptop so Mm -hmm. yeah we're we're off to a flying start here today we've probably done
1: about five shows from here or so somewhere in that range uh yeah yeah. we'll be back and forth so as much as i would like to talk about that... Well, not really. This is like the one time where I've been like, gosh, I'm glad I'm doing a Sixers podcast, not an Eagles podcast because that fourth quarter was... The whole game was tough, but that fourth quarter was especially tough. And as much as I would love to talk about tonight's Phillies game and that time I mean it earnestly, we have the Sixers to talk about. You were there at practice on Friday. You heard James Harden address media for the first time this season. Give us just sort of like a overview of what he said and what you took away from it.
0: Yeah, so I I think... Big picture here, the main thing with James Harden is that this is not getting resolved between him and Daryl Morey. I think where you go from there is you say, will they be able to convince him to suit up for the team because it's in his and the team's best interest to get him back on the floor and playing? That's sort of an unknown right now, but James went to great lengths on Friday to essentially say, Daryl betrayed me. Daryl didn't do what he was supposed to do. Daryl cut off all contact with me after a certain point. Which I think that to me is the the key sticking point that I want to get your thoughts on, Derek. And was straight up asked, "Can this be resolved between you?" And it was <laughs> the question was framed through the front office. I'm using air quotes because. It's very clear who he's talking about when you say the yeah. front office. It's like, like a,
1: imagine if I went a whole podcast with saying like, you know, I'm just sitting here with my co-host and I refuse to say <laughs> the, rest name. The, right, the rest of the podcast. The rest of the podcast. Yes, that will. Ha- I'm going to do that randomly one day in like January and just see if anybody remembers that callback.
0: Yeah. So James essentially subtweeting Daryl for was about a six or seven minute interview session we had with him, which for those of you guys who are only seeing snippets of press conferences i would say our time with james is normally about 90 seconds to two minutes and then he's out because he's just a very direct to the point does not give long answers and i don't mean that as a criticism he says what he thinks and then he moves on there's not a whole lot of fluff to it so for him to come out and forcefully say and we have some people money more with the Daryl Morey is a liar yep. chiming in right and now.
1: We've got a lot of questions coming in. A lot of these we will address in the next 45 minutes or so. But if you have a specific question that we don't address, be sure to send it to us because we will try to get to some of them at the end of the show.
0: Yeah. So actually, we can touch on one where Vin Sanity asked, do you guys believe James, when he stated his intention, was to retire as a 76er? Sure.
1: sure. <laughs> as long as they gave him max money, he fully intended <laughs> to retire course. as a 76er. Yes.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, James could still retire as a 76er, as I'm sure you guys are aware. He could make whatever money the Sixers are willing to give him yeah. and play here until he's done. But he does not want to do that. Look,
1: he intended to retire a 76er because they had his bird rights. Yes. And he, he, part of the reason he wanted to come here is because he was convinced or at least confident that that Daryl Morey would pay him what he feels like he deserves. So, yes, I fully believe that he thought he was going to retire a 76er because that was the way he was going to get the most money possible. So I don't even think those two statements are incongruous at all. Like, they're, it's, they're hand in hand. But it's not like he wanted to retire a 76er because he loved the city and organization. He wanted to retire a 76er because he thought his guy was going to give him the bag.
0: Yes, and like
1: he might also have wanted to play for a team that could contend and maybe even wanted to play for Joel Embiid, but not at the expense of money.
0: Right. And he gives that away by saying he's got to make a decision for his family and yeah. that it's a business. And As if
1: the 300 mil he's already made couldn't support his family. <laughs> yeah. He, he
0: certainly can't get by. It's Tiny Tim. He's got to, <laughs> he's scraping for scraps at Christmas because he only made 300 instead of 350 million dollars. Yeah. So, I would say this. There was some pushback from fans toward the media that I actually thought was probably fair. When James brought up this line of thinking, I wanted to retire a Sixer and the front office didn't say anything, what we didn't get to is, well, then why were you and your people leaking that you were going to go to Houston on Christmas? Because I think at Christmas time, I think there was still a pretty good chance that they were going to give him you know, whatever he wanted, whether that's years, money. Mm-hmm. I don't, certainly not a full max, but right. probably closer to. Well,
1: I think the reason that he was leaking at Christmas is because he wanted that full max. And I think he came to the realization, maybe even just a little bit, that he needed leverage to get that. So again, I think probably, his, who knows? Like back when we were talking about this in May, you know, March, April, May, June. You know, is Houston's interest legitimate and where does he want to play? I always just said, like, he wants to play whoever's giving him the most money. Yeah. And he needs both of them to be leveraged against each other to get the most money. Um, yeah. it's it's To me, this is the most simple, pissed-off superstar I've ever seen. Yeah. This one's not complicated.
0: So all I would say, though, is that we probably, as a collective... Now, it was a very small media contingent because in classic Sixers fashion... James finally spoke when there was like six people there, which it's never going to be a big day. That's very well planned by Harden and everyone with the team if there was some, you know, collusion on that front. But that should have come up. That was a thing that that's a direct pushback on, well, if you wanted to retire there, the people around you, and I know he's denied it repeatedly and publicly in the time since that happened, the Houston stuff, but. We all know why that was out there. The
1: Sixers weren't trying to leak a competitor. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah.
0: So I I regret that we didn't get to that. Maybe that's something we'll get to in the future. But also part of it from my perspective is just I I know what he's going to say and it still needs to be asked, but I know he's not going to come out and say, well, yeah, I I did it because I wanted maximum leverage. He's just going to (laughs) deny that it happened in the first place. Where I do think, and I, this is where I want to get your thoughts on this, Derek, because I thought about this over the weekend.
1: I feel like you need better weekend hobbies, Kyle. <laughs> I'm a little worried about you, buddy.
0: Well, listen, it is what it is.
1: I asked James
0: specifically about when the breakdown happened between him and the front office, and his, this is his full quote on the matter. Me and the front office had a very, very good relationship for a decade, There was constant communication. You know what I mean? There was no communication once we lost. And so Harden's contention is not that they didn't talk in, you know, the week or two before free agency. It's essentially that as soon as they lost game seven against Boston, that was it. There was no discussion between Daryl Morey and the front office and James Harden and his representation. And, I just want to ask you this quite simply. Does that put you in James's on James's side even a little bit more than before?
1: No, because I think, so here's, because again, I think it all goes back to the money, 110%. The reason why the lack of communication bothered him is because I think that's probably the first time he went, oh, they're not going to pay me. I don't think it's like, oh, well, you know what? Daryl wasn't talking to me in June, but I still felt confident that he was going to give me a max contract, but you know what? Since he didn't talk to me for a couple of weeks there, I just, I don't feel the same connection to him. I used to feel that's not what's going on here. I think the black communication pissed him off because a, they lost confidence that Daryl was going to give him the money that he wanted. And B, they just didn't have a good frame of reference of what they need to go out there and beat. And I think from Daryl's perspective, he didn't communicate because he knew that the offer he was going to make the James was going to piss him off. And it wasn't really going to get resolved until James went out on the market and saw that there wasn't a better offer out there. So he probably felt like, well, why piss him off now? Let him sort of find a, find out that the market for him isn't what he wants and that I'm giving him the best offer he will get. And then sort of an anger, that emotion will die down. I think that's probably what they was thinking about there. That being said, like I think he had to know how, we've gone back to this a million times, how James would react. I'm not sure there was a way to get a good reaction from James when you're offering him 70% of what he's expecting, but I think that's probably what his mindset was.
0: Yeah. So I just come back to something we talked about when we had our long Daryl Morey podcast that many of you can go back and listen to. I think if you're in the business of catering your franchise around stars and hunting stars and acquiring stars, I think you can't just shut down on a guy for 2 months essentially. That just that's not a reasonable position and also keeping in mind to James's point and Daryl would come out and say to you the same thing about what their relationship was like previously. These guys were essentially partners for the better part of a decade. To go from that to look, we all I agree with you. He was doing it because He knows the offer is going to piss off James. But to essentially just like turn your back entirely on this guy and say, not only am I not going to divulge details to you, I'm not even going to speak to you for the better part of two months. I just, I think that is a giant miscalculation. And if you're, if I'm trying to look at it through James Harden's eyes, I see how he got to where he got to.
1: Right. But I I guess my point is sort of like if he did talk to him and sort of Led on to the fact that he wasn't going to offer him a max contract. I think we probably end up in the exact same place that we are now. It's Maybe. just the pathway to get here is a little different. Let me ask you: if you're if you were a Daryl Morey, and you knew that you wanted to offer him, let's say a three-year, hundred twenty million dollar deal, and he's expecting four years, two hundred seven, how do you? T- what communication do you have with him in June? I,
0: I think you just have to be honest with the guy, and like that's that's what this comes down to. Now, look, it's easy for me to say that when. If, let's say he said three for one twenty, like make up a number, and then Houston, as we all saw, backs out. Right? You don't have to offer him three for. One, you don't have to offer him
1: anything, frankly. To but- be clear, so we have the, the hypothetical man in the chat saying, "I don't know if I one hundred percent believe James." Daryl has essentially admitted that they didn't communicate. It's just their version of the events is that it was because of the tampering. Okay, that's bullshit. Yeah, like there's it wasn't about tampering. I'm trying to sort of speculate on why that would be and use my best. Guess and the conversation that we've had it's daryl has essentially admitted or the sixers have essentially admitted they were worried about tampering charge so there wasn't communication the, the lack of communication is the one thing that both sides sort of agree
0: on yeah i mean they haven't put an exact date on it so right. james coming out and saying once we lost that's the best that we have in terms of a any sort of timeline that we can point to and say that that's what we can agree on so i just like i just keep coming back to this i like, there was probably not a great path forward here, right? Mm-hmm. There, Anything that he was going to do, short of giving him the max, which I think, as we've discussed, that's probably what Michael Rubin would have done. It's right. just like, yeah, we pay the guy and he stays happy, and then the franchise has to deal with the fallout moving forward. Something was going to piss him off. But I think, based on how James has talked about this, how the people around James have talked about this, I think it's almost as big of an issue that he feels betrayed in terms of his trust and his relationship after a certain amount of years as it is about the money. Like the money is obviously this huge big thing that, like, that's the center point of this whole discussion. But I think if you get the money out of the way and you explain it to James and you rely on that relationship that you've built with this guy over 10 years, you end up in a better place than they're at right now. I just, it's all a hypothetical. We'll never know, but I just believe that that would have been a better way to go about it.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, if you're Daryl Morey, the, the goal that you should have had is for James to be pissed off, go test the market and then come back and say, all right, I'm still pissed off, but you're giving me the best chance I had to make money over the next three years. And I think you're going to piss him off no matter what approach you took. Yeah. The question is, is, would your hypothetical way have gotten him back through the table? I'm not sure. Like James has taken this way more personally than I think I was expecting, and it, there is a part of me that feels like no matter what, if you offer him three one twenty and he wants four two o seven, he's gonna react in a way that is detrimental to the franchise and probably gets us right back to where we are. But I don't think your point is wrong. I don't think that was the right way to go about it. I'm just not sure this was all that preventable.
0: And I think we both probably agree on that point. So let's take a, a quick break from all the hardened stuff. Talk about our, one of our new friends, the good people at Shady Rays. Can gear up for the season ahead with quality shades that are built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered with premium polarized shades and quick swap snow goggles that won't break the bank. They're an independent sunglass company that offers an unrivaled product just as good as any expensive pair that we've worn. And that's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost or broken replacements. If you lose or break a pair, even on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. You can wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after you purchase. I am waiting for my first pair of Shady Rays. I'm very excited for them to come in They have some. Good-looking sunglasses. I personally have been wearing the same pair of sunglasses for four or five years now, to the point that my wife and I actually laugh at how many pictures are defined by the pair of sunglasses we're wearing. So I'm I'm happy to switch things up and I think look I know like the I've exact grown. sunglasses
1: you're talking about. I think it's it's your Instagram profile. Picture, <laughs> yeah, isn't it?
0: exactly. We won't promote that brand, but <laughs> we will promote Shady Rays, who's also committed to making a difference in communi- communities across the U.S. Through their impact program, they team up with nonprofits to help people live healthy, courageous lives through some of their most challenging times. And if you don't love your Shady Rays, exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. No risk when you shop. They always have your back with personal and fast support. So exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out an amazing deal for the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code PH. LY for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. That's a great deal. Try yourself the shades rated five stars by over a quarter of a million people. That's pretty amazing. I also have to tell you about our old friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. Things are heating up in the ballpark. You guys are listening to this on Monday or Tuesday. Game one, game two, Phillies in the NLCS. I believe Derek and I are going to be in attendance They're playing to finish the season strong and make it to the playoffs. And with DraftKings Sportsbook, you won't miss a moment of the baseball action. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets, betting just $5 on baseball. And all customers can take a crack at a sweet payday with DraftKings Same Game Parlays, String together multiple bets from a single game for your shot at a major payout. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code PHLY. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on baseball only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code P-H-L-Y. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877 8 hope or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boothill Casino and Resort in Kansas. Licensee partner Golden Nugget, Lake Charles, Louisiana. 21 plus age rights by jurisdiction, Voidden, Ontario. See DKNG.co slash baseball for eligibility terms and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Whew, I gotta take a deep breath out there. I always feel
1: like when you're done with that, I need to talk for a couple minutes just because nah, I'm good, you get man. It's back. all
0: about breath control. <laughs>
1: Um, So do you have anything real else on the Harden update, -update? non-update? He's not playing tonight against the Nets. He might play. I want to say expected to play, but I feel like nobody's actually expected because every time somebody says they're expected, it ends up not coming through. Uh, But it possibly might play in the preseason finale on Friday. Anything else to sort of wrap up here?
0: Yeah, well, so one thing uh, that made me laugh was James Harden comparing the situation to a marriage given that he's never actually – been married or I mean, I don't know about serious relationship. I can't say on that front, but it was a little bit amusing that he went there. And I would say this because it dovetails into the next thing I wanted to get into today, Derek. It really is fascinating how excited or shouldn't say excited. Open he is how open he is to Nick Nurse and the new system and the new coach and saying things like look, he's he's really versatile. He's a player's coach, and he's explaining all the different things that they're going to go through as a team. Like, oh, there's there's more spacing. It's a more unpredictable offense. And he's going down the list and saying all these things about what Nick Nurse brings to the table. And then under all that, it's like, yeah, I still don't want to be here <laughs> anymore. So it's it's just this really weird dichotomy between James, by all accounts, coaches, teammates, even the people in the front office who are the subject of his scorn, they're all sitting here and saying he's been a great teammate yep. on the floor in practice, and if they can get him out on the floor, it's going to be – it'll probably be pretty good. They're going to win a lot of games, but that seems to be the whole trick right now. And so I'm sure you probably find that as weird as I do, if I had to
1: guess. Yeah. No, look, I i, I think Nick Nurse – I mean, look, when you go back to that – Toronto team he's had for the last few years, even frankly going back to um, the Kawhi team, outside of Kyle Lowry there, uh, and certainly when they moved on from Kyle Lowry, they didn't have a real plus passer on the entire roster. Yeah. So now you look at it and he's like, oh man, like I've always wanted to hunt threes, I've always wanted to play in transition, I've always wanted to get early offense. Okay, maybe those those last two don't necessarily fit James perfectly, but in terms of a drive and kick three-point shot creator, he's got something he's never had. And then yeah. didn't add up or add into that Joel Embiid and not only the post-up, uh, but the face-up game that he has, uh, the short roll game that, that those two perfected last year. I'm sure he's sitting here going, gosh, I'd really love to work with all these pieces. And maybe if we just start playing basketball, we can get James brought back in. It might be unrealistic, but I'm sure that's probably where his mind is at. And you just have to get peppered with these questions about James Harden and whether or not he's he's you know physically but not mentally here and what the future holds and nobody really knows. And it's just <laughs> freaking annoying. And it's annoying for all of us. It's probably annoying for Nick. It's probably annoying for James at this point, too, because he just he wants to get traded to a place where he thinks he's going to have a long-term future. Um, but I don't think they're close. And that sort of dovetails into another topic we're going to talk about here in a couple of minutes, but I don't think the trade market's going to magically um, build up for him.
0: No, I mean, the only person who is playing this as if they're going to get traded soon, I think, is Harden, right? Yeah. Like, I think the whole reason that you would try to avoid playing in the preseason up until the finale, other than not wanting to play in the preseason, which I get, is because you think that at some point you're going to get traded and there's no reason to put yourself in any real risk or, frankly, to go out there. And, look, I I think James, as we said, has put on a brave face and been a good teammate and all that. But once you're actually out there on the floor in a game Mm – Maybe he acts differently. Maybe he just is waiting for a jump ball and he sees Daryl Morey in the stands and he's like, man, fuck that guy. I'm going to throw passes out of bounds and not play defense. And So maybe it's self-preservation to a certain extent. But, but yeah, he's playing it as if this is going to end soon. I don't think anybody else. No. That's the Sixers, the Clippers, Harden's representation, the Sixers front office. I don't think any of them – are acting like people who are going to get this resolved before the season starts. And once the season starts, then I think most people on NBA teams are like, well, let's play this out for, you know, the first month, month and a half of the season and see where we end up. Cause maybe the Clippers come out and they are go on an ass kicking campaign. And they say, well, why would we trade for James Harden and disrupt that we have going on at this point?
1: Yeah. PI boost accelerator mentioning that the Clippers aren't going to give him a max either in the chat. I don't necessarily think he's wrong, and I think it brings up a fascinating hypothetical of, is there ever a point where Harden goes, like, just the emotions get out of it, and he goes, oh, maybe Philly is a team that will give me the most money. Would he ever, like, would that change his perspective? I don't know. My guess is no, that this has become such an emotional thing. But at some point, I mean, the, the real hypothetical is if he's on a team after the trade deadline and he has to sign with the Sixers or assign a trade. Um, I don't. I, I don't think he's wrong. I don't see the Clips giving him a full max either. Can you imagine that team with aging Kawhi, aging Paul George, aging Harden, all on like new max deals? That's terrifying.
0: The only thing I would say as devil's advocate there is maybe Steve Ballmer's like, I don't care. Because he, I mean, he just will pay. Under the previous CBA,
1: I would agree with you. Yeah. But there's so many team building constraints with that second apron that kicks in next year. Yeah. Uh, that that would be a, a tough, but also he might just not fully understand it. I don't know. I don't know.
0: I mean, never underestimate Steve Ballmer going YOLO mode. Yep. So that's that'd be the only thing I'd say there. But yeah, I, you've made this point over and over again, Derek. I think there's a, Better than 50% chance that the guy who will give James Harden the most money on the open market is Daryl Morey. Yeah. I, I think all signs point to that reality. And so whether James wants to believe that or not, and it seems like it's or not for the time being, that's probably still going to be the case in you know, nine months from now or whenever it is.
1: Yeah. And I, I think there's part of it where the pride doesn't accept that there's nobody out there. That's going to be willing to offer him a max deal, or at least a close to max deal. And maybe that's getting in the way, but i I'm not sure he's fully come to the realization that I think he thinks the lack of a max contract is a Daryl Morey problem, not a James Harden problem, because I don't think that max contract is out there for him, but we'll see. So there were some other comments Nick made about the rotation here that you have highlighted. I was curious what you took uh, took from that.
0: Yeah, so we spoke to Derek was at practice yesterday I, or Sunday. No,
1: Sunday, you're right. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, Derek was at practice yesterday, which I skipped for my anniversary celebration. So apologies oh. if I missed anything important on Sunday, but I figured I would not. Uh, Friday, Nick Nurse was asked pretty directly, do you know what the rotation looks like and straight up said no i don't have a very good idea which that was funny to start off with and basically here's where we're at he has six guys and i think we could all sit here and name them joel james tyrese j anthony tobias pj are the i was
1: throwing jaden in there too
0: well we're gonna get to him in a second are the six potential starters and then paul reed is essentially the nailed on seventh guy Beyond that, it's still pretty fluid. Nurse did say, quote, I think Ubre's shown he's probably going to hit the rotation. Danny played pretty well. And Derek, I think that's probably a that's a really important one because Danny is on the partial guarantee. Mm-hmm. So if we were looking at, hey, how are they going to save money heading into the season, it would be potentially cutting Danny Green.
1: Always I, my top concern.
0: I don't I don't think that he's basically at any risk from what we can tell no, right now. now. Yeah. So it looks like Danny, not only is going to be on the roster, it has to be
1: Trez or Petrasa, right? I would that assume seems- so. Yeah. So,
0: so Danny looks like he'll be in the rotation. And then here was the interesting part that Derek and I, Derek, as he touched on with Jaden Springer, this is Nick nurse, direct quote, "Jaden Springer, just because of the numbers of all those guys I talked about, I probably had Jaden a little bit further down out of need. But he's kind of vaulted himself back up into the conversation for sure. He's just done everything we've asked him to do and played really well. So it certainly seems like if he's not in the rotation on day one, he is knocking on that door. And look, if Jaden has another game or two more good games in the preseason – Nick Nurse's house is going to get stormed by people if he doesn't have them in the day oh, one rotation. Oh, let be honest, Kyle. There's a,
1: a Phillies playoff run going on right now. Nobody's paying attention except for the, the wonderful people in chat. We appreciate each and every one of you. Yeah. But I think his house is probably safe.
0: But the main point here is that Nick kind of doesn't know exactly what the rotation is right now. And so much of that is connected to... What the hell is James going to sure. do? How there's, many minutes can we expect from him if he plays? And Joel hasn't taken the floor There's yet. 40
1: minutes of playing time that is unaccounted for and you know about 20 of the 24 seconds of the shot clock that he controls the ball for that's unaccounted for. There's a lot that he doesn't know right now for sure.
0: Yeah, so I guess if you in your mind had to sketch out kind of a theoretical rotation right now, This is impromptu. We'll probably do a whole show around this before the season starts. We're assuming Harden on the floor? Let's just say Harden plays.
1: So I guess the first question is, do you think P.J. starts? I'm going to guess no, but I'm not sure about that.
0: I think he will if only because it's easier to
1: to ask DeAnthony
0: to come off the bench than it is P.J. I think P.J. might react a bit poorly to that if I had to guess.
1: So then, then DeAnthony is sixth man, clearly.
0: Paul is the backup center. Yep.
1: So he's seventh almost by default. Uh, and then eighth. Eighth is probably Kelly. I'd probably go Kelly eighth. And let's be
0: clear, I think Kelly has played pretty damn well certainly, so far certainly in preseason. Certainly he
1: played well, for sure. For sure. Um, I have my skepticism on whether or not you can count on that even somewhat regularly, but he played well for sure. So ninth, ninth right now, I would put Jaden. Do I know if that will happen or think that will happen? I'm not sure. I would give him a shot right off the bat.
0: I mean, it's better to do it early than later. Especially when
1: he's playing well, give him a boost of confidence, tell him you believe in him, see what happens. And also, they could really just use that defense and athleticism because if he pops, then you don't have to rely on creaky old man Danny Green or I'm going to shoot a fadeaway 28-footer. Kelly Oubre quite as much as you otherwise would if he if he is playable then the other guys become a little bit less necessary
0: yeah I think and Danny is a guy who he's just he's happy to to be here to some extent and and I I don't think he's gonna
1: like he's it, it, it sort of goes back to your PJ point like he can be brought in later for
0: sure. Oh, uh, we have Brian asking. I assume Mo Bamba gets cut, right? No, I don't uh, think that. I don't him. think so. No.
1: On on merit in the preseason, maybe based off horrible. of expectations. No, I don't think so. Yeah,
0: but I I think he because at least in theory he offers something different. Right. He's like floor spacing on top of being a potential rim protector. Now that is all theoretical right now because he has been flat out bad for the first two preseason games, and that's all we can really judge on for the time being. But yeah, I don't think he's in any danger of that happening.
1: We do have a lot of people bring up Kelly Oubre as a starter. I'm not going there.
0: No, no. I think he's proven enough in terms of buying into his role to be a nailed on rotation guy early in the season. But yeah, there is in no world am I saying, yeah, that guy absolutely deserves a day one starting job. And Frankly, based on the concerns that you have with Oubre on a bigger picture scale, I think that would send the wrong message to him. Like, oh, you bought in for two games and now you're starting. Yeah. He probably needs to be brought on kind of. Yeah, no,
1: buy in for like half a season and then I will consider (laughs) promoting you for sure. All right, let's uh, take a quick break to tell you about game time. And again, there's a lot going on in Philly sports right now. From the Phillies down the street to the Eagles, you're going to want to make sure you have a good place to get your tickets and a good place to get your information about the tickets that you're going to spend a lot of money on, buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Game Time is the place for last-minute ticket deals. And again, you're gonna if you're trying to get down there to Citizens Bank Park, you're going to spend a small fortune. You want that 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 picture of where you're gonna see and what your vision line is gonna look like if you're gonna shell out, you know, a month's rent. Not quite, but it certainly feels like that when you look at the tickets. Sometimes um, you want to know what you're buying into. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, baseball, basketball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The Game Time Guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. Get images of the seat you buy or seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set, with tickets sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code PHLY for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PHLY for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed.
0: So quick, Game Time aside, I was perusing the app, and I've been thinking about. I think going, tickets
1: were actually not too crazy for. They weren't too game. crazy. They're like two fifty ish. Which I uh, was also
0: perusing for other reasons too. Uh-oh. I was thinking about going to see Lauren Hill and the Fugees next okay. week at Wells Fargo, and the ticket prices are honestly not that bad. The unfortunate thing with Lauren Hill, I don't know if you listen to Lauren Hill at all, Derek, or familiar with the Fugees and her music, but she's notorious where it's basically a coin flip. You show up to their shows where you either go and it's the greatest concert you've ever been to in your life, or she may not show up at all. <laughs> like I know people who bought tickets to Lauren Hill concerts and yeah. like, she just no showed it's like 11 PM and it's like, yeah, you just go home now. And so I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking about rolling the dice. Cause the opportunity to see the Fuji's doesn't come around too often because of that. But yeah. yeah, we'll see.
1: No, I was actually looking at the tickets. Um, I remember for game four, they were like, Three fifty four hundred dollars. Right now, the cheapest standing room only is only like two hundred fifteen bucks, which honestly isn't that bad. I kind of expect as we get closer to the game, that's going to go up. So, I mean, look, buy them whenever, but you might be able to save a couple bucks right now. And
0: you might even be able to see
1: Derek and I down at it the game be. if you find maybe, yourself maybe we'll in our section. we both a PHLY hoodie, so just ah, look for the logo and you can find us. That's
0: not a bad idea, actually. Uh, so, staying on the rotation, and there is a lot of Mo Bamba slander happening in the live chat right beaten. now. There's no way to sugar. I am in full agreement with all you guys that he's been terrible. I just think because on paper he has a different skill set than nobody else on the team has, he's going to stick around. And on top of that, you have guys in Trez who's going to miss the whole season. You have Petrusev, Petrusev. I keep hearing it pronounced three different ways. So I'm going to get it completely right at some point when I get the full media sheet from the team. He's not really playing basically at all. So those are easy potential cuts over somebody like Bamba. And then, you know, we'll see how he turns out over the the long term, because I think if anything we've seen over the years that Joel will will miss games and they're going to need another big. Uh, Actually, though.
1: I think they have a pronunciation guide on Media Central. I'll try to look this up while you're talking next time. While we're on the subject. This so is the kind of shit that distracts me and why Kyle will be talking. I'll be like, yeah, what?
0: That's why there are some people who say I talk too much on the podcast. <laughs> and it's partially because I'm like, hey, Mr. Robot over here, I need you to uh, pay attention. They did play small ball in the previous preseason game against Boston. They had a lineup that was essentially PJ, Tobias, I want to say Jaden, DeAnthony, and maybe Pat Bev. Okay. Which that's a lot of it's a lot of defensive guard play, yep. and then PJ's and i multitasking
1: right now. Yeah,
0: so I think Nick has shown, and historically, certainly has shown, he's willing to play some gadgety, goofy lineups if that's what it comes down to. So we're going to find out if Bamba actually has a place on this team. But for now, we are stuck with him stinking it up out there.
1: Yeah. No. Look, he's he's a big man who's big.
0: Oh, oh, oh. strong take and he there. can protect
1: the rim and he can shoot from three now does he do it look is his decision making good no is his mobility good no is his overall offensive skill great no
0: but other than that how was the play mrs but, lincoln but
1: <laughs> when he's having a good game he can impact the game and i think he's gonna be on the roster just for that like i don't know what petrosev and i haven't confirmed that yet so you know whatever uh, i don't entirely know what he does at a plus nba level At the very least, Mobamba has NBA skills. And I think because of that, he's going to be on the roster. Like you said, you need three bigs because Joe's going to miss games. Even if you don't necessarily believe, or at least you're not willing to put money on the fact that all three of these big men can play together, not all three of them, but two out of three of them can play together, I'm not really buying that yet. Even without that, you need three big men on his roster. And for a third big, he's fine. It's just there are various points of his game... In, in preseason where you look up and he's like the second or third option on offense that won't happen in the regular season. So it won't look as bad, uh, but he's been, he's been awful.
0: I would say yeah. it's similar to the Ubre signing and that you signed Mo Bamba for the random game in January where he makes five threes right. and, and helps you out. It's Oubre is a much more accomplished player than he is generally, although that's damning with faint praise in many ways. But Mo Bamba is not here to be an every night play 15 to 20 minutes type of guy. He's a a gadget option who can space the floor, who teams generally will probably guard out there. And on his best night, he'll look pretty damn good. And on most other nights, it's going to be why the hell is this guy on the floor? He's a minimum contract guy for a reason. Yep. And expecting him to be more than that, especially on a team, frankly, that has no real creators right now and can't spoon feed him easy looks. You just are not going to get a ton out of him and it's not necessarily
1: his fault. No, I agree. Um, he's to me, he's not even a real threat to be cut, but no we I shall see. All right. Uh, where do we want to go to from here? Any other comments from, from Nick's availability on Friday or are we ready to move on to the untouchable? No, I Mr. think we'll talk
0: about our, our good friend and future sixer. <laughs> Future Never Sixer Terrence Mann, I think, is probably the next.
1: I mean, there's not too much of an update here per se. Uh, Report recently from Keith Pompey of the Philadelphia Inquirer uh, that Terrence Mann remains untouchable. That's sort of always been the stance that they have taken since this talk started back in June. Uh, So it's not necessarily a new report, just a reiteration of what we've already known. How much of that are you buying? because you have had some strong opinions on Mr. Untouchable in the past. Number one, and I'm not going to ask Bree to
0: find this, because it was at like the very beginning of the show. Somebody (laughs) compared Terrence Mann to Roddy Bobois, which I thought was just an unbelievable callback as somebody who was a fan of Roddy Bobois at, at one point when he was in Dallas. I just thought that was amazing. So shout out to Eric Wetzel for that callback. Yeah, I'm, Did you I'm, see
1: how quickly she found that? That was that honestly, was incredible. shout was out incredible. to Bree.
0: Great, great producer behind, the, I can't say behind the glass, but behind the the lighting and the cameras over here. So I, I'm, it's still in the same position with Terrence Mann, where if you're not willing to give up Terrence Mann for James Harden, you're not being that serious. I think, I still believe this. If they put Terrence Mann and two first-round picks, real first-round picks on the table today, I think the deal would get done. Sure. I, I think it's...
1: As simple as that. Now, but a big part of that, like that's as much about that second unprotected pick as yes. it is Terrence Man. So I would say this like to if you: they, if they put one unprotected and Man on the table, I'm not sure that gets it done today. So what's the point of putting him on in the package right now?
0: So I would say this, or ask you this: Do you think, let's say, Man is truly untouchable? If they were to wake up tomorrow and Lawrence Frank says. We'll give you 28 and 30 first-round picks unprotected, but you're only getting contracts otherwise.
1: I will say I think that second pick is a bigger deal to Daryl than Terrence Mann.
0: I I tend to agree because Mann is, Mann is a he's nice a known player, commodity as we talk about. Yeah. Yes, but he's not. The two picks, That it could be anything. It could even be James Harden down the line. No, it's you could turn that into something, and I think all the reporting that's been done outside of – This pod and outside of Derek and I and everything you hear is that Daryl wants to take whatever is coming out of this Clippers deal or potential Clippers deal, I should say, and repackage that for a real dude, a guy that can be... Potential co-star to Joel. Are now, you telling
1: me that Daryl's not currently scouting 11-year-olds that he's going to want to take in 2030?
0: <laughs> no, I can't imagine that 2030 or 2028 first no, round pick from LA no would get used.
1: He would make either of those two selections, for sure. No, he wants to trade them. Um, would you do the deal to tomorrow if they
0: put both those picks on the table?
1: Yes. Yeah. I tend to agree. But I, th- I think that that pick is what they absolutely don't want to include. So I, I tend to like, um, you know... People always go, well, does that mean he's actually untouchable? I don't believe anyone when they say someone's untouchable. I, there's, We've talked about this before. There's no reason for them to put him in the deal right now because, A, I don't necessarily think that even gets it done, so why piss off a player? And, B, there's no one else bidding for James Harden, so why up your offer when you have the best offer on the table? I think both of those are true. So I just don't see any reason why the Clippers would change their stance now, especially if it's not going to get the deal done and especially if... They're the best. It's just, there's no reason to me for them to up their offer. So that's why I think you're seeing them try to flip their pick for two picks or a pick swap for an extra pick to find a way to get this done without including a player because there's nobody else bidding against them for Harden services. Now, if you're sitting here in February and a deal hasn't happened and you think you're a James Harden piece away from winning a title, would they make all of a sudden make Mr. Untouchable touchable? I don't know, but I know that right now there's just no reason for them to change their stance Um, the Sixers really need a second team to want James Harden or James Harden to want a set, well, preferably both. And right now that just hasn't happened. So yeah, I I just don't think there's any real reason for them to change their stance.
0: There's just no pressure on the Clippers basically at all right now, right? Their, Their
1: pressure isn't to get him right now. Their pressure is to get him eventually and they're trying to do what, Ever they can do to get James Harden and keep as many pieces around him to try to have depth. So, I get it from their perspective. Yeah, I, I just it think it does. To your point, it's amazing that we spent so much of our summer and fall talking about a guy who's all right, not great. He's all right, and he's not a prospect anymore. Like, he's going to be 27. He's yeah, he's all right. Terrence Mann's a good player, and to your point, I get why.
0: LA is saying, well, we're not trading and we're not doing this because the internal politics of trade rumors are a real thing and all guys react differently to it. Now, some guys, I mean, Tyrese Maxey just talked about this last week yeah. on, on JJ Raddick's podcast that he had, he essentially had one good game as a starter against the Denver Nuggets <laughs> yeah. during the, the weird COVID season. And then immediately it was, well, you might go in a trade package for James <laughs> yeah. Harden coming the other way. And some guys take that, and it motivates them, right? They say, that's really flattering. Like, I played well enough that I'm going to get traded. But then, the typically, the longer a guy is in the league, the more settled they are. Like, they have a contract. They have a home. They even, like, start building families in these different cities. And then to hear, oh, we're just dangling you for... Even if it's a player they know is better than them, they get pissed off and they might not do everything that the coach wants them to do. Or they might pout and they might yeah. miss a defensive rotation. And so I get why these teams come out and say, yeah, we're not putting that guy in there. So that's completely separate from trade value and external yep. pressure. That's all about man management. And that that's a thing in all sports that I think gets discounted significantly and that is the thing that i hold front offices and coaches maybe more accountable for than anything else
1: all right so brandon has a question here we'll get to that in one second after a word from foco but as a reminder if you have questions drop them in we'll try to get to some of them in and next a second segment.
0: reminder before derek talks about our wonderful friends at foco if you are here with us hit that thumbs thumbs up button Give us a subscribe on the YouTube
1: channel, and you know, it helps us out a little bit. So thank you very much. Sure, do that too. Foco is a leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise with a product line that includes apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, and more. It's the best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. It's football and tailgating season. It means overalls, hoodies, hats, sunglasses, bags, everything you need for a game, Foco has. And FOCO has hooked PHLY up and provided awesome pieces for our sets. FOCO always has our backs for Philly Sports and they have yours too. Get the best gear around by using the link in our description. For all non-pre-sale items, use a promo code PHLY for ten percent off. All
0: right. By the way, those overalls are just out of control right now. <laughs> Every like it feels like half of my social circle either is wearing them or knows somebody who's wearing them. Yeah, so it's I, I don't crazy. know
1: if Foco knew about like the Phillies' propensity to party in the clubhouse <laughs> when they made those overalls, but it was really smart because it ties in pretty perfectly. Uh, so Brandon was asking, um, he never understood the don't bid against yourselves argument, basically saying the Sixers have a price, you either pay it or you don't get the player. And it's just not the way it works because the price will change. Like if James Harden is a pain in the ass if the situation becomes untenable, the Sixers' price will drop. Like, And if James, let's say he f- is a problem in the locker room or he comes down with an injury or something like that, what the Sixers will ask for in December could be different than what they're asking for now. So there's no reason to pay the Sixers' price right now when you have months where this could go sideways. Uh, and I think that's the game that, you know, it, it's a little bit like, you know, playing with stocks and trying to predict the future and whether or not, you know, where you are in the curve. But I think that's the game that's going to play. It's just like they don't necessarily feel the pressure to have him on the roster now, and they think he's going to be worth less in a trade in a couple months.
0: I will say CJ brings up a good point. It sounds like what the Heat thought about Lillard, that the pressure is on the Clippers to get it done before somebody comes in with an offer. Either they can't beat or don't get the chance to match. I do think the important distinction there is that Dame had a large market and that yes. was known all yep. throughout the off season. But it, I do think there's merit to that in the sense that you never know who might come into this at some point. Like Milwaukee was not a team that in early July or whatever was really considered to be at all involved with the Dame Lillard sweepstakes. Up until
1: two weeks before. They so that's what I mean. Yeah, so yeah. you
0: always, the longer it goes on, if you're a team who feels like you need James Harden, you do run the risk of, hey, let's just say, I don't know, a team, Indiana really surprises this year. And they say, we want to push some chips in and we'll play Harden and Halliburton together. And they just say, we'll give up a bunch of stuff because we have picks and whatever else to offer. Or somewhere else in the NBA, let's say Toronto. Toronto is in a rough spot because they don't have a real creator and somebody gets hurt. And Masai says, well, we're going to flip stuff for James now. We believe we can get Harden on board and what? You don't know who could come out of the woodwork and offer something. Now, that's still all hypothetical, but I can understand that side of the argument for sure. Yeah, no,
1: there is nothing that is without risk, and you can't guarantee that you will get your guy. And we just, I mean, Dame tried as hard as he could to get to Miami, and they thought they had the leverage for that. It is a big difference, though, with the market with Dame and Harden. There's just not a wide enough market for that risk to be the same. Uh, That doesn't, again, that doesn't mean that there's no risk, and they could end up making a mistake here. But I think when the only way to really guarantee getting Harden now is to include that second unprotected pick for a team that is in their middle, you know, mid 30s and a lot of money. I don't know if I, if I were the Clippers, and you saw what you saw from Harden last, you know, last spring, I'm not sure I would include two second round picks either at this point. Yeah, I I
0: look, I don't love that the NBA has become so fixated on trade rumors specifically, but this part is the part that's interesting to me. It's the the competing motivations and the game of chicken that these teams play to say, well we have the guy that you want, but there's also no other teams that want it. and it's right. like all these different things that come together and that's the drama that I actually like is yep. the 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 politics of the front offices.
1: I agree. I agree.
0: I think we probably have a bunch of questions. If uh, I think Bree has saved some,
1: if we want to touch on these, yeah. at, uh, let me ask her while while she's bringing up some questions. Are you surprised that Joe's not playing tonight? Or and or and or all you are you concerned that he's not playing?
0: Tonight? I'd say yes to both those questions. Yeah, yeah, because I I think Nick said pretty specifically yeah. that. The expectation was that Joel was going to play. He said it at some point over the weekend, and there was no real. As far as we know, there's no real explanation for why he's not on the floor at this nope. point. Which
1: And typically, neither of us are up in Brooklyn. Obviously, we're in the studios <laughs> in Philadelphia, uh, so we didn't get a chance to talk. It'd to be Nick. hard
0: to build brick walls around <laughs> a, <laughs> a, a, an enclosement in Brooklyn.
1: Um, so we haven't had a chance to talk to Nick uh, and, and figure out why James or Joel isn't playing. Um, But it's, yeah, he was set in pretty much no uncertain terms over the weekend uh, on Sunday when I was there. And there's never been an injury. And quite frankly, we see Joe like practice and go through drills and he looks fine. Uh, We assume it's just kind of like getting his conditioning back up, which, you know. It's not great if
0: that's the case. Unfortunately, the
1: preseason snuck up on him. He didn't realize when it was going to (laughs) start. But that's the only real explanation we have until we get another one. I'd, I'd prefer to see him play basketball. Yeah, yeah.
0: OK, so, yeah, that's one, guys, that that'll probably be more of a topic of conversation maybe tomorrow, I would guess, or later in the week as we get more information. But needless to say, I think both of us are at least mildly concerned that Joel is at maximum going to play in one preseason game. And there's been no explanation given for why it hasn't happened. Agreed. So Agreed. All right. All uh, right. Here's a question from Martian Lynch. If the Sixers get two first-rounders and Terrence Mann, who would Maury target as an all-star guard for another trade? And he brings up Levine specifically. Levine is the most gettable guy, I would say that. I don't think that Levine is who, in an ideal world, Daryl is going after.
1: Agreed. Yeah, and here's the problem with all of these questions is most of it comes down to opportunity. Like, which team is going to you know, be down on their future and want to trade a star? Which star is going to be pissed off and want out? A lot of it just comes down to what does the opportunity present and do you have the assets? to pay? Like Drew Holiday. A month ago, nobody thought Drew Holiday was going to be on the move. It's, oh, well, Not
0: even the teammates right. on the Bucks thought he was going to be available. Will the Bucks
1: give him that next contract? That might have been a, concern, a question. And maybe the Sixers were targeting him next summer, but nobody thought he was going to be on the trade market. All of a sudden, you know, Milwaukee makes one trade. They land Dame. Portland obviously doesn't need him. Next thing you know, a freaking best team in East has drew holiday on him and you don't have the assets to blah, 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 because you screwed up so many times over the last decade. But I think it's more like that where you don't necessarily know who, I don't even know if Daryl knows who he's targeting. I'm sure he has a list of guys he'd like, but you're just kind of waiting to see what the opportunity brings you.
0: Yeah. It, it's it's very like free, difficult to say.
1: It's not like free agency where you have a list, you know, like we could talk about Pascal. I'm sure. Allen, they, they have a list. Off. It's, sure. Just- it's just, you don't know whether or not any of them are viable.
0: Yeah, Levine is the one that we know is available, and a big part of that is one of the reasons you wouldn't trade for him—the contract. I, so, I think teams generally view it as a negative yeah, moving yeah, forward.
1: Yeah. I agree. Money Mart with a good point. The Phillies are playing tonight. There's no way Joe can play in the game. Do you think? Do you think he's not playing tonight, so we can go to the Phillies game?
0: I severely and then, doubt it.
1: And then leave in the seventh inning again?
0: Uh, yeah. I mean, look. Joe is likes to be Mr. Philadelphia so much as he can be. I don't think he would. No, I think he even he knows the optics have, would be terrible.
1: I mean, look, I wouldn't begrudge him for it. It's Philly's game. I, I guess. I don't, I don't see us only comes around so so often. That's I'm fine with that. <laughs> Honestly, even a pre- or a regular season game, skip it, Joe. That's fine.
0: I'm okay with him not playing in the preseason if it's for the right reasons. But if he shows up at a playoff game while the rest of his I think if you want to talk about being a leader, that's just like kind of a bad luck.
1: I guess you and I just view the Phillies very differently. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I what, don't else, know. what
0: else what else do we got here? Mm, anything pressing
1: you want to I will to say do? you've got you've got Miles saying the midseason star trades never lead to championships. I think I there's some. I generally truth to agree
0: that. with that, yes. It mm-hmm. was my whole reason I was kind of against the waiting on James Harden. In the Ben Simmons trade sweepstakes, because the only real examples are all role players. I think it generally, generally, if you make a big midseason trade, it's got to be a guy who's just slotting into well, a role, so not there, rather than reimagining the whole team.
1: Yeah, yeah. So if you're if you're trading for a you know, let's say a lead perimeter initiator midseason, it means two things. First of all, that's a real tough piece to integrate. But also it means your team was very, very freaking flawed before that trade. So you probably weren't a contender anyway. Yeah. So it's not like, I think sometimes people frame it as like, well, if you make it make the trade, you're killing your chance because it's never happened. No, if you make the trade, you probably didn't have a chance anyway. So why the hell not take it's a chance? It's survivorship and see if, bias. Yeah, I right. Think. Exactly. So why not make a trade and see if you can you know, integrate quicker than you expect? Um, so I look, I, I there's truth to that for sure. And someone in the, the – because if the Sixers do trade Harden, you're expecting they're either getting like sort of an apex wing or a primary initiating guard, probably primary initiating guard because they're just easier to get, or at least they're not quite as valued league-wide. That's a tough piece to integrate, for sure. But, but you also, unless James Harden just completely comes back with his tail between his legs, you need a trade. It's not a fair. great spot. I think we've been saying that all summer.
0: We had Corey ask, does Tobias get traded this season?
1: No. I don't think so. Because uh, I think Daryl, and I mean, look, and unless there's a superstar salary to match, and somehow let's say you get like let's say you do get two picks in man. I don't think you will, don't aggregate that. Let's say you do get two picks for man, <laughs> all of a sudden you have a couple things you can throw into a superstar trade, then you need to buy us a salary to match. Sure, whatever. Outside of that, I think Daryl's not going to want to take back a lot of contract for next year. So, I think Tobias letting him expire is probably what ends up happening.
0: Yeah. I, I would be surprised if you can use his contract in a way that makes you better this season without Rippling. negatively impacting yeah. you over the long term. The, the trades that would be out there for Tobias are taking on long term money that other teams don't want, essentially. Yeah. So, I agree. I'd say it's. Not that it's not going to happen definitively, but I'd say it's unlikely for that reason.
1: Yep, I agree. All right, I think that's probably a good enough place to cut it off there. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. T- tomorrow, <laughs> tomorrow. I don't know where that came from. And go, fills.
0: Yeah. Well, all everybody in the chat today: Money, Mark, Corey, Gavin, Rick, Brandon, Vin, Sanity, Miles. Brian, you always, like, skip
1: over like the interesting names like well like, it's because it's trip a lot easier city. to you're not, you're not shouting out trip city come on
0: well shout out to trip city who thought the only rapper i knew was little baby the oh, other day so, okay. yeah it's the same guy I, an elephant never forgets derek <laughs> so i'll have you know that i i certainly know more than little hypothetical
1: man we appreciate you too
0: yeah thank and you guys two minute,
1: two minute warning guy you're the best <laughs> just going through the ones you skip that's all
0: yeah, so thank you guys for rocking with us as always on the way out if you want to hit the thumbs up and the subscribe it helps us a great deal and we will talk to you again tomorrow